Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire-Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together, helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. I've got some big news for you that I have been not so patiently waiting to tell you about. After six months away, my super popular, completely free masterclass is back and it's better than ever. I've been working on it for months. So if you have been struggling to get sober momentum, please go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class. You can sign up for my free training, Five Secrets to Taking a Break from Drinking, even if you've tried and failed in the past. In this 60-minute masterclass, I am going to share with you all the things you need to stop doing because they're setting you up for self-sabotage and what you need to start doing instead. I am giving you the steps and the mindset shifts that I go through every day with my private coaching clients, and it is completely free. So if you are sober curious, if you've been thinking about taking a break from alcohol, this class is going to set you up for success. I promise you it is worth your time. So hit pause on this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash class and save your seat. Hi there. I am really excited about this episode because we are going to talk about the top six mistakes that most women make when getting sober. And I wanted to do this episode right now in the middle of December because I know for so many women, and I did this every year, January 1st, New Year's resolutions. Okay, this year, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to get in shape, all the things. And so I thought as we're leading up to January 1st in the next two weeks, let's talk about things that you should do differently this time, mistakes that you should avoid. And I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. I contacted Jen Hurst, who I absolutely love, to teach us about this and to have this conversation because she posted a video about the top six mistakes women make when getting sober. And for every single one, I was like, yep, yes, absolutely. We need to avoid that. So Jen agreed to come on the podcast. 
I'll tell you a little bit about her. She's a graphic designer by day and a sober fitness coach, a speaker, and a founder of Living Zero Proof on the side. Jen's been sober since April 24th, 2013. She coaches women struggling with alcohol on how to implement healthy habits to manage stress and overwhelm and to forge a sustainable path to recovery. Through her eight years of living alcohol-free, she values the importance of taking care of all aspects of your health and sobriety. So that means your physical health and your mental health. Jen preaches that exercise is the best medicine, and by moving your body, you can change your mind. She resides in Minnesota with her husband and two children. So Jen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, and I love your approach to life without alcohol. It is very similar to mine um, in terms of helping women get excited about how good their life can be without alcohol and all the good stuff on the other side, once you get out of the drinking cycle. So, you know, as women are thinking about, okay, maybe January 1st, dry January, I'm going to change my relationship with alcohol. I'm going to take a break and get rid of the alcohol in my life. What should women do? What what have they been doing in the past that sort of set them up for self-sabotage? Yeah, it's, well, first off, number one, January 1st, obviously is the best time. It's a really popular time for people to do, to cut out alcohol, to set their new year's resolutions, to finally get this thing. And I think a hundred times, I mean, I said, okay, I'm going to start tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be it. And tomorrow comes and I would go back again. I'd be back drinking again, and I wouldn't know why. So number one, when you're in this process, when you start in January, when you start again, number one, please don't beat yourself up. That was a first tip of my top six mistakes. I think as women, we spend so much time beating ourselves up already. Raise of hands for not getting something right. I know this morning I didn't have mittens on my kids' hands and it was 30 below. Little did I know. I beat myself up over it. But slipping and relapsing sometimes happen and it's completely normal, but beating ourselves up for something we cannot change, which is the past, which is the weather, which is other people robs us of who we are and how we show up today. So one thing that I really repeat to myself on a daily basis, and it can apply to different situations, whether you're in traffic, whether you're ruminating in in a downward thought spiral or thinking about something you did last night, thinking of what, who you called, who you texted, how you showed up at a party, repeat this to yourself. And it's from the serenity prayer, accept the things I can't change, accept the things I can't change. And I've done this in traffic. I've done this when I, I just got thought in a, uh, consumed with a thought spiral the other day of thinking of things that I did in 2005. And when that happens, I repeat to myself, accept what I can't change. I can't change what I did, right? But I can learn to find gratitude in that because it brought me to who I am today. And it brought you to the point where you are today and to be able to quit and start again. And that's the only prerequisite of sobriety is to never, ever give up, to keep on trying, to really 
accept the things that are out of our control and focus on the next right thing. What's the next right move I can make? But beating myself up, like I said, is just robbing you of today. So take a deep breath, accept what happened, find gratitude in it, and set your sights on the next chapter and the next part of 2022, right? This is a new you. This is a fresh start. And just know that there's nothing wrong with you for not being able to get this right off the bat. And really, throughout this month of January, throughout these next few days and these next few weeks, give yourself some grace. No one gets it the first or hundredth time. But like I said, just by trying, you're light years ahead before the rest of the world catches up. Yeah, I completely agree with that because I was actually just talking with a client before I jumped on our podcast interview. And what I was telling her was that every single one of us who stopped drinking had a last restart, a last day one. And most of us, and I know I didn't, didn't know at that time that that was going to be the last time because I know that I, of course, the year I quit, told myself that I was going to quit on January 1st, right? That was, you know, this is, is back in 2016. I was like, yep, January 1st is, is my day. I had all the resolutions. I had all the things that wasn't my last day. My last day was February 18th, but I was working, I was learning stuff. And on February 18th, what I did was I added one more sober support and more accountability, more connection. And then I just took it day by day. Suddenly I was on day seven and then day 10. And I desperately wanted to drink on day 16 and I didn't. So not one of us finally stops drinking and did not try many times before. So Mm -hmm. if you want to try now, do it again and don't beat yourself up for the past. You learned things and that's this whole episode, mistakes you've made when you've done this before that haven't worked for you. So now take this new information. Don't beat yourself up for slipping in the past, but be like, all right, I'm going to do things differently now. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I don't know about you, but I cannot believe how fast this year is flying by. We're all busy, but one of the most important things you can do to make sure you're on the right path is to carve out some time to celebrate your victories and to notice what you've wanted to change but haven't been able to yet. Whether you're navigating sobriety, setting boundaries, or striving to be the best version of yourself, therapy can be a game changer. Therapy is for anyone looking for growth and support. And if you're considering it, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's convenient, it's flexible, and it's entirely online. So take a moment for yourself and visit betterhelp.com forward slash someday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash someday. Yeah, what, what can I learn from it? And that's what I tell people if they go out or slip or have a glass of wine. I ask them, 
what can you learn from this and what can you do differently? I myself didn't think April 23rd, 2013 was going to be my last day. I said a hundred times, okay, today's my last day on this date. And sometimes we pick a perfect date, like January 1st, that's my day. This is my year. We are done a hundred percent. But what if that were to not happen or all those dates that did not happen, but sometimes it'll come unexpected. And a lot of times you can start before you're ready. That's my best piece of advice to not even wait until January 1st to start today. Start when you're off guard, just like I did with 75 hard, this crazy workout program. I just started it on a whim and beginning of October, didn't really think much about it. I saw other Beachbody coaches do it. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it on a Monday. I woke up and I decided for the next 75 days, I'm committed to two workouts, gallon of water, obviously no drinking, which is a little bit nice as people in recovery. That's something that already got that taken care of. And I just did it. And granted, it's negative 30 outside. Did not think about the Minnesota winters or the fact that, yes, this is going to be during the holiday season, the most tempting part of the year, the most, probably the most stressful for a lot of women and a lot of people. But I thought, why not? Why not do this and really challenge myself? And the fact that I'm looking at it as a chance to take walks when I'm uncomfortable, when it's cold outside, because it gives me mental clarity, looking at the benefits of doing this, that yes, it is hard, but the hard is what makes it great. Yeah. The hard and like thinking of, like I said, we can wait till January 1st to quit drinking and have that, that set sobriety date, or we could start before Christmas too, no matter when that date is for you. Yeah. Start before you're ready. I love and that. I think that I, goes with anything. The more we ruminate over it, the more we can talk ourselves out of it. Yeah. So start today. Yeah. And I just think that. of how you can show up for Christmas and New Year's and remember it. Because for me, I think the best present is to be present. Yeah. Right. To be present with your family, to not regret what you did around the family members, to instead of buying a bottle of wine, go grab some calming tea like I'm drinking right now go invest in some essential oils, go move your body and think of how good you can feel on Christmas morning when the kids are opening the presents and you're there and you feel good and you don't feel like you want to vomit. Yeah. Um, You don't have a hangover. And I also love, I love starting before you're ready because none of us are ever ready. Like I don't know a woman who is like, yep, I am completely ready to leave this behind it's just start now, start where you are, get rid of the the booze and focus on just building up some days, just feeling better every single day. And I can't tell you how many Christmases I've woken up hungover, how many Christmas Eves and New Year's Eves I don't remember. And it is so great going into January 1st without that like, backpack of rocks on your shoulders, Mm -hmm. just being like, I am in process. I haven't had a drink in two weeks or, you know, and so you're not starting from ground zero. So if you're listening to this, yeah, get all the tips and then just begin. And maybe take this as a sign and have that. Just think you could get 
a couple weeks under your belt to launch you into 2022, to wake up on New Year's Day and feel great, right? Yeah. So a couple weeks off drinking, man, you can notice some really good physical and mental benefits with just yeah. two weeks off. But yes, it's going to be hard. But why not do it when it's really hard? Because I really feel if you can do something that's really hard during the most stressful time of the year, right? Look at it as motivation. Then I fully believe that you can do and you can be anything. Yeah. That's why I'm doing 75 hard. I always compare my sober journey with any single hard thing that comes up that I'm nervous about. I said, I got sober so I can do this. I did 75 hard in the dead of winter, Minnesota winter to be exact during the holidays. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. So use that as motivation that yes, it's going to be hard. But like I said, the hard is what makes it great. Yeah. So top mistake is beating yourself up for slipping in the past and starting before you're ready. Start because you'll never be ready. They'll never be. The you'll perfect. never be ready. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, number two is thinking that you can have just one. Like this time will be different or this time you're cured and, you know, I got the sober thing. I can go back out and moderate. And this took me a long time to figure out. I really had to do some field research and test it. And I said, I will just have a sip. I'm just going to have one. But as we know, and sometimes you might, sometimes you might have a glass of wine and that'll be it. And, but then that really gets you into the thinking of, okay, I got this. I can see, I can do this. I lasted, I did it for two days. I was okay. I didn't have any more, but eventually alcohol, it will catch up with you. It's a craving. If you have a sip, it ignites the craving and the obsession within. And even if you have a period of sober time, that progression is doing push-ups in the parking lot, that understanding and really understanding that alcohol is an addictive drug really, really puts it and keeping it as simple as that. It's not meant to be moderated. It's meant to be consumed. And once you have a sip, it's going, you're going to want more. Just like for me, I can't have one M&M. I need to have the whole bag because I love chocolate. And I know that about myself, milk chocolates to be exact. So I know that about myself. If I have an M&M, I fully know I'm probably going to have 10 handfuls and that's okay with me. But if I can prevent myself from having that first drink, that first sip, that first M&M, not that I'm saying M&Ms are bad, just not every day or not to the point of feeling sick, then I am still in control. But as soon as you have a, first, a sip, all bets are off and you've lost control. And like I said, it took me a very, very long time to realize that. But if you can avoid, there's only one drink that you need to avoid and it's the first one. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Because I also like, not my first rodeo when I finally quit drinking in 2016. I actually had four months sober, and then I got pregnant. So technically, I had a year, but it doesn't totally count. And after my daughter was born, I was like, you know what, it was situational, I'm less stressed now, my job was hard, I'm happier. I can just have, like you said, I can just have a drink. I can have, you know, wine on a date night with my husband. And once you sort of like open the seal, rip the seal off, 
first of all, it immediately lights up your brain. You immediately mm-hmm. want more. I mean, I had that first glass of wine on a date night and I was like, okay, I want two. Okay, I want mm-hmm. three. And even if I lasted a week, you know, then it's Friday night. And then I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll just have a bottle of wine at home. And then inevitably, I was back to a bottle of wine or more a night. For me, it was like 365 nights a year. And it actually took me 22 months to stop again. And Mm -hmm. that time, like some days were okay. There was a lot of days where I was like white knuckling it to get four days without drinking, going through that withdrawal, drinking again, waking up hungover. So it really is the idea that you're going to have just one. It's not worth it. And it it just lights up your brain and you want more. So it's so common to think that, right? Everybody's looking for that third door. But I think the more you can just start looking forward with excitement to the things you want to do without drinking and just saying, it's not worth it to have. I've never wanted a glass of wine in my entire fucking life, like has never happened. I always want more. Yeah. We don't have an off switch, just a more, Yeah, more please. But I, I have control. We all have control if we choose to pick up. Right. But I think so often we really want to be able to moderate be able to be like other people who just have a couple glasses and, and fit in. But once again, that we realize that it's not supposed to be moderated. An addictive drug is not supposed to be moderated. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to leave you wanting more. And that's exactly it's intense. So once we kind of learn to accept that and understand that, then we can prevent ourselves and really realize that I can't have just one yeah. and I don't want just one. Well, and most people aren't like, I just want to do cocaine like a normal person or like heroin, right? You're Nobody says yeah. that. They're, you know, no. because they're like, that shit's addictive and dangerous. And yeah. so I, I completely agree. Like it's not meant to be moderated. And I think that so many people have, I mean, I hear this every day. I know you do too. I just want to drink like a quote unquote normal person. And Mm -hmm. what I believe is there are very few people who can actually take or leave alcohol. And I know for myself, I would go out to a restaurant and I would have two glasses of wine there. I would have one before I got there. I would have opened another bottle when I got home. So it is, you have no idea what other people's drinking actually looks like. When I was drinking, I used alcohol to calm my mind, to relieve anxiety, and to sleep well at the end of a busy day. I didn't know that alcohol actually spiked my stress hormone, increased anxiety, and as little as one glass of wine a night reduced my sleep quality by 24%. I was really excited to find Tanasi, a better way to find calm, rest, relief, and to reduce inflammation. Tanasi creates the highest quality, scientifically validated CBD and hemp extract products. Tanasi's formula includes a unique combination of CBD and CBDA in every dose, which is two times more effective 
than just CBD alone. So if you want to create a sense of calm, to calm your mind, to relax before bed for a great night of sleep, try Tanasi. Tanasi's being really generous with our listeners. You can go to Tanasi.com and use code HELLO to get 25% off at checkout right now. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code HELLO and get ready to sleep well. Yeah, and that's actually a part of my story is that no one really knew that I had a problem, not even my husband. Mm -hmm. I was so good at hiding it that because I really felt so ashamed for it that I thought if they knew that about me, what would they think? Mm And so I spent my whole life, my whole pre-drink or my whole pre-sobriety life trying to manage this. And it drove me crazy. So once I realized, and I surrendered literally on April 23rd, and I said, I can't do this. And I can't do this by myself, that I've been trying to do this so hard and keep it hidden. And I cannot do this by myself, which is actually um, my next tip is thinking that you can do this on your own. I tried for so many years. I, I've, I've been to AA. I did all that, but I was so ashamed for having this based on the stigma. I mean, this was 10 years ago, but what's so cool about now is that there's so many people sharing about sobriety. There's so many new non-alcoholic drinks coming out. People in sobriety, like sober is starting to be the cool thing. And more and more people are talking about it. There's more and more options, more and more options for meetups, more and more options to get sober and how to stay sober. So it's not just AA anymore. It can be a sober coach, a sober group. It can be a mixture of exercise and meditation and whatever works for you is valid. Yeah. If it works for you, keep it and stick with it. Yeah. For so many years, I, I, I thought we could do it alone, but the opposite of addiction is connection. We need to know that we're not alone in this. Yeah. And you can join groups like the sober mom squad is great. I love their meetings. They have a free meeting on Wednesdays at noon. Um, she recovers sober mom on Facebook, slain sobriety, or even my tip. If you don't see a group that drives with you, create your own, create a Facebook group and invite women to it. Or you could even go to meetup.com and create a meetup for women in your area saying, Hey, I am a sober mom in Minneapolis and I'm looking for some other sober women to grab a cup of coffee on Saturday mornings at 9am at this location. Yeah. Who would like to come? So start your own. If you don't see it. Uh, I just think that it's so cool because there's, there's so many, so much more options available to us now than there ever was before. Yeah. And And people are like talking about it and celebrating it. And I mean, I completely agree. It is incredibly hard to do this on your own and you don't have to. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of women just like you doing this same thing. I mean, I got an email the other day from a woman who said she was going to do my sobriety starter kit in January with six friends. And so they're oh, all so cool. like just doing dry January, but they want to plan. They want to plan to do it. And you don't have to say it is completely unnecessary to say, I have a big problem with alcohol. You can just say, 
I want to take an extended break from alcohol. I want to see how good I can feel without it. I want to have more energy and sleep better and like widen my interests and get up in the morning. And so, but that's very hard to do on your own. And there are lots of women out there who don't drink, or you can do it with your friends and do a challenge. Mm -hmm. So like, I love that. It's, I mean, people do challenges all the time. So, you know, get support, get resources, get some people together. And also when you don't do it on your own, it's not this big secret, right? When I stopped drinking, I told my morning workout group, we worked out at 530 in the morning. I was doing a hundred day break from alcohol. I told my coworkers because there was zero chance they weren't going to notice that I was going from like drinking every single evening to like nothing. Told my husband, told my girlfriends. I just was like, you know what? I'm doing a health kick. I'm doing a hundred days without alcohol. And that accountability helped me so much. And it makes it that much easier, right? When you can just talk freely about it and you don't have to wonder about what to say to people. Dry January is the perfect line to to respond to anybody who's asking why you're not drinking, uh, what do you want to do this weekend, or to get, like you said, get your girlfriends involved and be like, hey, do you guys want to do dry January? It's huge right now. There's literally a month for everything to go alcohol-free. So sober October, no drink November, dry December. Dry July. I love it. Yeah. I mean, if you think our country doesn't have a drinking problem, there's a literally a month for everything. So you can pick a month, but dry January, I would say is the biggest one because everybody's doing their new year's resolutions. Yeah. So if you were offered a drink, you say, you know what, I'm doing dry January. So I'm really going to stick it out. And even going into February, if you decide to continue this, you're like, you know what? I felt really great during dry January. I'm going to continue it on for another 30 days and see how I feel. Yeah. I love like moving those goalposts. So not the one thing I would say about dry January is like, go into it really curious and excited and add new things to your life so that you're not white knuckling it the first two weeks and the second two weeks, you're just holding on until you can drink again, right? Don't have alcohol be the reward for not drinking in January. Be like, how good am I going to feel on January 31st? If it's way better than how I felt waking up hungover and like trying to pretend I remembered everything that happened the night before, like, all right, I want to see how good I can feel at 40 days and 50 days because I promise you it's even better. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And just take it day by day and see how you feel. Keep track of your benefits and ask yourself. I mean, maybe one thing you can ask yourself is, what are you drinking for? What is the benefit that you get out of drinking? And is there a healthy alternative that you can do in place of that? Mm-hmm. And asking, like you said, is it worth it? Is it worth it for what I'm going to feel tomorrow? Yeah. When it's also just experimentation, like you want to drink. So it's like, okay, I want to drink. Why is it? Well, it's, it's Friday night. I feel like I deserve it after a long week. I want to transition. I want to have fun. I want connection. I'm stressed. And that, okay, now you've identified why you want to drink. You just need to pick a different tool or a different way to celebrate or a different way. You know, I used to do Friday night sushi and movies at home, cuddled up. I mean, I had young kids and that for me was amazing. Or like 
Saturday evening, I would get a facial. I'd be like, all right, I'm taking my wine money and I'm going to a spa. And yeah, yeah. it's like, why do I do that? Because I deserve it after a long week because I want time to myself because I want to de-stress because, you know, I'm tense, you know, same thing with like a yoga class or a walk with your girlfriends or anything, you know, you're Mm -hmm. just picking a different tool. Yeah. And that's, that's really all it is, is replacing it with something else, something that will give you a better outcome tomorrow. So you don't wake up with a hangover or full of regret and shame, but you actually wake up energized and actually truly relaxed Mm -hmm. rather than with more anxiety for the things that you did because alcohol increases anxiety and cortisol, but something that's going to give you a better outcome in the end. Yeah. Uh, But my number four is uh, comparing your journey to someone else's. Uh, A lot of times it's so easy, especially with social media. Uh, I've been really taking a hard look at social media to Social media is the is a prime example of comparison, but really trying not to compare your journey to someone else's. If someone else got this quicker than you, if someone else is farther along than you, to really, really try to not beat yourself up and embrace your path, embrace your line. And knowing that no, like I said, no two journeys are the same. No two paths are the, t- are the same. No two lines are the same. And you'll get there when you get there. And sobriety is not a race to the finish line. Everybody's path looks different and it will take the time that it needs for you to understand and learn what you need to learn to get there. Yeah. And I think that goes both ways, right? It goes one way in terms of like, how come she got it and I didn't and I'm feeling stuck. But it also goes, and this happens to a lot of people with their beliefs about people with a quote unquote real problem, or I know I went to AA for a couple months, it didn't end up being my path. But I was like, okay, I, you know, you're doing that mental debate. Am I really an alcoholic? Do I actually need to stop? Am I that bad? Because I haven't had for me, I didn't have a DUI, I didn't no one said anything to me, whatever it was. So comparing your journey to someone else's is unhelpful, both on the regretting that you're not there yet and saying, but I'm not that bad, right? She quit Mm -hmm. and she had all these things happen. I mean, I think the question is just, is alcohol helping you do what you want to do in life, be the person you want to be? And if not, remove it from your life for a while and see whether you can actually start feeling less anxiety, less depression, less guilt, less loathing, sleep better, right? You're just like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to have a rock bottom to quit. You just have to be curious. And most of us suspect in the back of our minds or in the front that alcohol is, is keeping us stuck, making us feel like garbage and taking up too much of our mind space. Mm -hmm. And I, I asked myself that for many years of, you know, I'm not that bad yet. I still have my job. I still have my car. I, I hadn't gotten a DDWI. And I kept saying that. And I think that keeps a lot of people in denial and justification for their drinking. And I said that until it happened. Mm. And I, I did lose my job. I did lose my car. And I was becoming who I thought I would never be this high achieving, 
woman who excelled in school and at work. And I was slowly destroying my life because I thought I could do it. And I thought I, my story wasn't at that bad yet until, like I said, those things started happening. So those things might not happen to you, but if we continue on this path, I would have to add Yes, they haven't happened to you yet. Yeah. Right. The elevator and, like only said, goes down. It doesn't get better. It only better. goes down. It does not get better. And take that as us sharing our story and sharing these tips is because we don't want you to reach a rock bottom. I don't want anyone to reach a rock bottom. I would say pivot right now before you're ready. Yeah. So you don't have to go through those negative consequences yeah. that many of us have have done in the past. But even if you did, that's okay. But like we said, no two journeys are the same. Some people might have DWI. Some people might just kind of question, maybe my life would be better if I didn't drink. I'm curious about this. I'm going to take 30 days off. I'm going to do dry January. I don't feel like I have a problem. I I can moderate my drinking. I have a drink every now and then when I go to a party. But what am I getting out of it? Is it actually helping me relax? Is it helping me feel better after a long day or would a nice warm bath feel much, much better? Yeah. So really get, like I said, get curious, but you don't have to be far down along the line to get help. And I think what also really deters people is the marketing of alcohol towards women on t-shirts and making jokes about it. Everywhere I turn, I see, I just went to Costco last weekend and saw dog toys that were vodka bottles and cheese. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God, even for the dogs, the dogs don't need alcohol to be happy. They're perfectly freaking happy. We don't need to push alcohol on our dogs. Get curious and start noticing anytime you see alcohol on an ad and on the radio, on a t-shirt mentioned, it's once you step away and start training your mind to be on the lookout for it, you'll be amazed at how ingrained in our culture it is and why so many women justify their drinking because of the marketing towards women. Oh yeah. And it's, it's by design, right? Like the marketing companies, the alcohol companies have done this purposefully. They pay a lot of money to influencers and different people and create merchandise to normalize drinking every day, drinking a bottle of wine in a sitting, drinking when you're stressed or tired or something else. And so, you know, I think that, of course, we've fallen into this mindset and it's time to get out of it, right? Because if you're listening to this, you know, it's not actually helping you relax. You're waking up with that like, oh, fuck, why did I do it again? I feel like garbage. Um, you know, what did I say, whatever. And so, you know, I think that just in the same way, if you're listening to this, you are curious enough, like take that as a sign that you don't need to compare your journey to someone else's. You just need to see how you feel without it. I mean, I love this saying of like, your bottom is wherever you stop digging, you know, and and realizing that you hold the shovel. Yeah. And my husband even said to me, so my husband, after I quit, he didn't really, okay, he was apparently not as observant 
as other people, or he was just used to me drinking, or I was hiding it from him, right? Or trying to play off like I wasn't hungover. But after I'd stopped for 100 days, he was, you know, sort of like, oh, you're going to keep going. And so then I got more honest with him. And I was like, babe, our family wanted no part of where the train I was on was headed. It was not a good place. You know, trust me, the trajectory I'm on now is good and powerful and healthy and good for our kids. And the trajectory I was on when I was drinking a bottle plus of wine a night, that was going nowhere good. Mm -hmm. Honesty is key. Yeah. Once you can get honest with other people and yourself, that was what I did with my husband before I ultimately got sober and went to my last inpatient stay was got honest about everything. Uh, I knew the one thing that was holding me back from achieving lasting sobriety was my Adderall use. And I thought if he knew that about me, he was going to ransack the house, give me a divorce, all bets are off. But I knew that was holding me back, that he needs to know all of me and all my secrets before I could do this. And so I sat him on the bed before I left and I told him and all these images that I thought were going to play out him throwing things, barging out of the room did not happen. He just said, okay. He's like, are you done? Like, yes. Like, okay, then we're good. (laughs) But a lot of times it's people are just so accepting and loving and if you make it out to be so much more of a big deal in your mind, then it it plays out. So I I always tell my clients, try to get honest as, as early as possible. And I promise you, people are a lot more accepting and loving than you think. Yeah, I completely agree. Totally. Awesome. Um, brings me to number five, uh, saying yes to people and events when you really want to say no. Uh, boundaries are your friends. So trust your gut. And I think a lot of times as women were people pleasers, mm. uh, but people pleasing should not come at the cost of your sobriety. There's so many times when I really don't want to go to something or do something. And I'll say yes, because I want to make other people happy, make an appearance, let people know I'm okay. And that I'm doing good. But in my heart, I just don't want to go on and stay in in my pajamas and watch a movie and go to bed at 9 p.m. with my tea and wake up. Uh, but really focusing and practicing on setting boundaries because I fully believe that when you say no to someone else, you're saying yes to yourself. Yeah. And you show others how to treat you by the boundaries that you set. And especially if you're in early sobriety and if you're doing dry January, really, really trust your gut of what you choose to put yourself in the environments that you put yourself in and the people that you choose to hang around with. Uh, If your gut instinct is to not go or to not do something, then trust your gut and practice setting those healthy boundaries to keep that in place and keep your sobriety strong. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so important, like in your first 30 days, 60 days, like lower the bar and then lower it even more. I mean, really in the beginning, I bubbled up and like, I didn't go out to dinner 
for my first month. I mean, with other people, I got takeout. I chilled. I went to the gym. I worked out in the morning. I, you know, sat in a hot tub. Like it was just really taking care of myself and not putting myself in a situation where everybody else was going to drink. And you can be proactive Mm -hmm. about that. Like I would, you know, my girlfriends would be like, oh, let's go to this happy hour. And I'd be like, actually, I'm not drinking right now. Do you want to go to brunch and go for a walk or coffee? Yeah. And it's easy. It's easy. And it was actually way more fun. Like we went, I live in Seattle. We went down to Pike Place Market and then walked the the market after this amazing French brunch and like got ourselves fresh flowers and all the things. So you can get creative about it, but then you're tucked in at home, totally safe, not out at a bar when other people are drinking. So saying no to people in events, completely agree. Also saying no to projects and responsibilities where you then get resentful or tired or why am I Mm -hmm. doing this? Or, you know what I mean? Like I always tell people, if you had the stomach flu, you wouldn't go. So Mm -hmm. just tell people you're not feeling great. It's not a lie. You're in early sobriety. Yeah. And saying yes, when you really want to say no, can lead to resentments and resentments. If you have enough of them and they get really strong are a trigger for going back to our old ways and using that unhealthy coping mechanism. So protecting yourself. And what I really love to go back to is Laura McGowan's pregnancy principle. Mm -hmm. And I tell all my clients that is really treat yourself like you're pregnant and take That means, especially in early sobriety. So taking care of your body, nourishing your body, you know, having those sweet treats, um, saying no, if you're tired, you know, your feet are swollen, uh, going to bed early, getting a massage, asking your partner to give you a massage, really taking as good of care of yourself for those first nine months, alcohol free, because it is, and not putting yourself in these situations when you don't really want to be there. Yeah. Uh, Cause if you were pregnant, you're like, I'm tired. I'm going to go home. People yeah. be like, okay, great. Yeah. She's, t- she's pregnant. Go home. Having that same kind of mentality when you're in sobriety and really, especially in those first 30 days, you're recovering no matter where you are in your drinking. If you're just having one glass a week, one glass a month, one glass every night, we all go through some type of withdrawal. So taking care of yourself and nourishing and honoring and accepting and leaning into those naps, getting enough sleep and treating yourself that yes, I am recovering and in the process of recovery, and this is the biggest form of self-care that I can give myself is to not drink. And through that, I might be a little bit more tired, but I'm still going to honor and treat myself well during this process. Yeah. And, and as Laura McGowan saying, giving no shits about it. Yeah. I completely (laughs) agree. When I was pregnant, I would be like Saturday afternoon, I'm taking a nap or yeah, I'm taking a nap. I'm tired. I'm not going to go somewhere where I'm going to be standing up at a bar all night, or I would come home and like put on my PJs and just be like, can we order pizza? You know, like just not doing all the things. Yes. Treating yourself, having some desserts, because quite honestly, you're probably going to have a sweet tooth, especially in early sobriety. So honoring those sweets cravings. Yeah. giving into that chocolate, it's okay. It's what's going on in your body, but just to honor that, accept it. And again, treating yourself like you were pregnant. 
But um, that kind of goes into my last one, which is going to a social event when you're not ready. This is something I actually lived in the sober closet for about four years. So I didn't talk about my recovery for the first four years of sobriety. So I was, what did this I didn't sober think, closet look like to you? I was, I was very isolating. I didn't think people wanted to hang out with me. I stayed home. I didn't talk about it. I went to AA meetings, but I, I always felt like I just, I didn't know my place in the world and I didn't know how to meet new friends. Yeah. And I didn't think anybody wanted to hang out with me because I was always known as the fun gen. And without alcohol, I didn't really know who I was. Mm -hmm. And you might not know that either. And that's a cool thing about sobriety. And once I, I really got into personal growth and started reading about, uh, you know, personal development books, I really started to gain clarity over my past and really, really embracing sobriety and learning so much about what I like to do. I spent my whole life trying to please other people and show up as what the world and who my parents wanted me to be that when I took alcohol away, I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what was fun. And so I had to do some experimentation. And those first four years, yeah, I went to AA, I read, but I didn't read a lot of books on sobriety. I I did the AA meetings, but I was kind of just going through the motions. But I, what really, really opened the doors was when I started sharing about my sobriety. And I owe that to Beachbody because I started off as a Beachbody coach in 2017. And part of that as a coach is you're supposed to share your story. So that's when I started sharing on social media. And I told my husband when I became a coach two weeks into it, I, you know, and I would always share every single year, I would share my soberversary on social media, but I would block the people that I worked with or people that I didn't want to know, want them to know that about me. But once I started coaching, I realized I had to come out of the sober closet and just say it. Yeah. And it was like this big elephant in the room that people knew this about me, but I never talked about it. And people never asked me about it, but I would show up, I would do the things But once I came out and I did my coming out post on social, I got so much love and praise for that, that I slowly started sharing my story. And I realized, I don't think I'm supposed to be talking about beach body and losing weight and getting healthy. I think I'm supposed to be sharing and helping women get sober. And so something that I didn't want to talk about that I kept hidden for so long became the one thing that I love to talk about. And the one thing that women need to hear is that they need to hear that they're not alone in this. Yeah. So slowly and eventually my path started to change. And I went from now I'm still a graphic designer, but beach body coaching into sober coaching. Mm -hmm. And I freaking love it. It is so fulfilling and it keeps me in the sobriety circle by sharing my story and helping other women on their sobriety journeys as well. But for a long time, I didn't go to, and still to this day, sometimes I don't go to certain events, but especially in early sobriety, you got to be really careful with where you put yourself and who you surround yourself with and your environment of that might look different, especially in the first 30 days. If you and your friends or you and your girlfriends used to get together and drink wine and have book club or get together for happy hour. You have to really ask yourself, is that, do I feel okay doing that? And is it going to threaten my sobriety? Because 
I feel like the more you can put yourself in a safe situation and distance yourself from temptation, the better. Yeah. But I've also heard that some people are like, go to the events and do that. And you shouldn't have to, you know. Hi there. If you're listening to this episode and have been trying to take a break from drinking, but keep starting and stopping and starting again, I want to invite you to take a look at my on-demand coaching course, the Sobriety Starter Kit. The Sobriety Starter Kit is an online self-study sober coaching course that will help you quit drinking and build a life you love without alcohol, without white knuckling it or hating the process. The course includes the exact step-by-step coaching framework I work through with my private coaching clients, but at a much more affordable price than one-on-one coaching. And the Sobriety Starter Kit is ready, waiting, and available to support you anytime you need it. And when it fits into your schedule, you don't need to work your life around group meetings or classes at a specific day or time. This course is not a 30-day challenge or a one day at a time approach. Instead, it's a step-by-step formula for changing your relationship with alcohol. The course will help you turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst case scenario to the best decision of your life. You will sleep better and have more energy. You'll look better and feel better. You'll have more patience and less anxiety. And with my approach, you won't feel deprived or isolated in the process. So if you're interested in learning more about all the details, please go to www.sobrietystarterkit.com. You can start at any time, and I would love to see you in the course. stay at home and do these things. But for me, I knew I wasn't comfortable with that. And only you really know what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, But you don't have to please someone by threatening your sobriety, by putting you in close contact with the one thing that you're trying not to do for this month. Right. It's just playing with fire. I feel like. And I think it's a chance to experiment and do different things. Right. Like exactly as an opportunity to change up some of your habits, right? Like what you, you know, the whole idea is to do something differently than what you've done before. And I hear that from women all the time. Like, this is my issue. I don't want to change anyone's life. I don't want to make this other people's problems. I should be able to handle it. And if that has not worked for you in the past, it is time to try a different approach. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that you have to tell them everything, but you can, like you said, boundaries are your best friend. You can decline certain events. You can be like, oh, great idea, but, you know, can't make it this month. And, you know, if it is going to be really hard not to drink at some event, Mm -hmm. don't go just do something else or, you know, and I think that we build it up to be a bigger deal than it is. And you won't always need to avoid things. You really won't. But in those first 30 days, in those first 45 days, like make it easier 
on yourself mm-hmm. not to drink. Don't sit there staring at other people drinking and them asking you if you want to drink. And, you know, that's just not very fun. No, not, not at all. And, and really, you can ch- just change your nights into early morning. So instead of yeah. going out for drinks, ask your friends if you want to meet up for coffee. I think that's the biggest and most simplest swap you can make is changing up your nights for mornings. Instead of going out for cocktails, you're going to go out for coffee and embrace your mornings. Your mornings are your new best friend. You're going to start to be able to watch the sunrise and enjoy a warm cup of coffee or tea if that's your thing. And it's, you really, really, you're, it's like you get a new pair of eyes. It's like going from black and white into color. You start to realize all the things you kind of miss out on because you were kind of in bed with the hangover and not very there. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, and if you do, especially in this holiday season where there's a lot of holiday parties going on right now, just be very careful. And if you go, maybe you go and have a plan. Like my best tip is to be prepared. If you Maybe it's a work party. I'm not sure with COVID regulations right now. But, uh, or a friend's party, make sure you have a plan going into it. Uh, Maybe you want to show up for an hour when people are still, you know, involved in a conversation. I'm going to stay for an hour, then I'm going to go home. I'm going to watch my favorite Christmas movie, which is Home Alone or Elf, which we just watched the other day. I'm going to enjoy my favorite dessert. I'm going to have my N.A. Groovy, which is one of my favorites. I think it's yours too. Yes. And I'm going to enjoy going to bed at 10 p.m. and waking up the next morning. So like I said, have a plan, be prepared before you go. If you do make an entrance and if you do want to see these people, just have a plan. So my best tips are working out in the morning, driving yourself so you can leave early. Even if you go with your husband, maybe your husband's going to want to stay and have a few drinks. Always make sure you have a ride. But this is actually when Uber comes into play because you can always grab an Uber back. Um, Bring someone there to support you. Really take some deep breaths pack a cooler. This is like, if you get one thing out of this, pack a cooler for yourself. Do not rely on someone else to supply non-alcoholic options for you besides water or soda. So invest in some great NA drinks. Like I said, my favorite is Groovy Prosecco. It is so good. The first time Um, I had it, I had it at a brunch with a bunch of girlfriends who also don't drink and someone was making mimosas with it. And I literally kept checking the bottle because I was like, is this really non-alcoholic? Like, it was so good. I was like, are we sure about this? So my husband tried it too. And he's like, that tastes like wine. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm like, it says 0.0%. And that's what I love about it is it's 0.0%. It's not even 0.5. Yeah. Absolutely no alcohol is in it. And it's in the cutest little bottles. Like they're freaking adorable with this like. Tiffany blue, and it looks Ah. nice. So I agree. I always bring my own drinks, which is fine. Because when I used to go to parties, I would always bring a bottle of tour wine. So Mm -hmm. I just like bring my stuff. It looks cute. It's beautiful. I ask other people if they want to taste it, you know? Yeah. And you can even put it in a glass, like one of those tumblers. I actually pour the groovy in one of my little tumblers because it keeps it cold. And so it doesn't get warm. I'm a big stickler on warm drinks and warm water. I always like things cold. So you, if you don't feel comfortable or you don't want them asking, you can even put it in a tumbler and have it that way. Um, and also before you go, just know what you're going to say to people. If they ask or 
um, wondering what you're drinking, just know what you're going to say. Being like, you know what? I'm doing dry, dry December. I'm taking a break from alcohol. I'm doing 75 hard. I whatever, just kind of know what you're going to say, but always have something in your hand. So always have that NH drink in your hand because number one, it gives you something to do with your hands. I know when we get sober, a lot of times I don't know what to do with my hands, <laughs> like Talladega nights. And so I hold on to a drink, just gives you something to hold on to. It makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. And secondly, it it avoids and reduces the chance of someone asking you what you want to drink, yes. right? If you have a drink in hand, they're not going to ask you, oh, do you want another drink? Or maybe they do be like, yes, I would like to have a Diet Coke. Yes, I would like to have a sparkling water. Oh, we don't have sparkling water. No problem. I brought my own. I'll go grab it. So bring something to do with your hands, take breaks. And again, indulge in the desserts. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of yummy, yummy desserts that you can have. And uh, and leave early. Leave yeah. when when you feel uncomfortable, when you think it's time and enjoy a restful night yeah. at home. I love that. I love that. And just, you know, even telling people like, Oh no, I'm, I'm not drinking. I, I want to be present this whole season. Like I just want to mm-hmm. feel good and be present and enjoy the moments. And yeah, that's enough too. You know, you yeah. don't need any reason to, you don't have to tell anyone more than you're ready to tell them, but it is good to tell them that you're taking a break from alcohol. Yeah. Or else they're going to ask, Oh, come on, just have one. Yeah. You know, one isn't that bad, but I really feel like honesty, this comes back to the honesty piece. Just honesty is key. You know what? No, Plus, I'm that taking, goes I'm back to point number challenge. two, thinking you can have just one. It like, yeah, you can the cycle. So like, yeah, but if you tell them, Hey, I'm taking a break from alcohol this month, next month, whatever it is, you know, to see how good I can feel. It stops the argument of just have one. Yes. And really replay this, this in your mind. I tell all my clients this, and you've probably heard of it too, is play the tape forward. If you're tempted to have that drink, if you're being pressured, play the tape forward. Where's that drink going to lead? I know it happens in an instant. It's the tool I use on a daily basis. Um, Even eight and a half years into this, if I see a bottle of alcohol, I, it's like a movie, movie fast forward. And I, I go back to what I'm going to lose. And I know, and that we know this because we've had the experience, because we've tried before, because we've done the field research. We know it doesn't end well. So play the tape forward. How do you want to feel in the morning, right? I want to feel good. I don't want to feel full of regret. Is that really going to help me? Or can I just drink this NA drink instead? And I swear that helps. Mine always goes to what I'm going to lose, which is my kids. And like I said, we know that because of the experience that we had, which is why we can find gratitude in it because it gave us that field research to get to where we are today. Yeah, I love that. And I know that one of your big mistakes that you talk about women making is thinking that you can do this on your own. So women are going to want to follow up with you after this. How can they get in touch? Tell us a little bit about the work you do. Yes. So I, like I said, I'm a graphic designer, but sober coach on the side, I have an eight week sober course coming up in January. So you guys can check that out. You can go to my website at www.livingzeroproof.com for more information on that. And you can also follow me on Instagram at 
Jen Lee Hurst. That's where I really like to hang out. I'm on Facebook too, but I really like to hang out on Instagram. Yeah. And that's how we connected was through Instagram. I love your feed and the content you put out there and it's educational and great tips and super fun. So thank you for that. I, you're welcome. And Instagram is such a great resource. You guys, your phone, if you're wondering where to start connecting to other sober women and building your community, it's right on your phone. Social media, if you use it in the right way, is such a great tool to connect with hundreds of thousands of women. It's how I got in contact with you, Casey. Yeah. You just really start to follow sober accounts. There's, like I said, She Recovers, you know, Hello Sunday with Casey, uh, the Sober Mom Squad. There's so many great women who are putting content on there who have have groups, have meetings, have communities for you to get in touch with people and women who are going through the same things as you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important to have people who kind of get what you're doing and it makes you feel Mm -hmm. less alone, but it also makes it a lot more fun. It really does. So awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm going to put all of your links in the show notes of this episode, as well as the top six mistakes that you shared. So I know you've helped a lot of women. And if you're listening to this, if anything's resonating with you, follow Jen, get some support, look at my website, listen to more podcasts, just you can do this. I know you can. And I also know you're going to feel better. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey there, before I end this episode, I wanted to jump in with one more thing. In the beginning of our conversation, Jen and I talked about how it's really powerful to start now, to start before you're ready, to add more resources and more support and do something different than what you've done in the past. And also to imagine yourself being fully present and not hung over on Christmas morning and not feeling like garbage on New Year's Day. To remember everything of the next two weeks. To wake up without a headache and to run downstairs with your kids to look at the stockings. To drink coffee in the mornings and not feel queasy. You can have that. And I've got something to help you start now. A way you can add more resources today. Even if you have a big holiday schedule, even if you're going on vacation, I've got tools and a step-by-step plan that you can listen to on the go. And if you're not ready to start before January 1st, you can start preparing as well. You can start wrapping your head around a new approach to this not drinking thing and setting yourself up for success this time, not by beating yourself up and telling yourself you're a bad person, or trying to rely on willpower with a framework, with a plan. So I'm, so I want to encourage you to join the Sobriety Starter Kit, my online sober coaching course today, while my December special offer is available. For the next two weeks, you can get lifetime access to the Sobriety Starter Kit and save $100 off the January price of the course. For me, I saved the cost of the investment in the sobriety starter kit in literally just three weeks of not drinking. Three weeks. That's the money I saved buying wine for the equivalent of lifetime access to the tools and content in the course. 
Plus, when you join the course today, you'll be invited to a live two-hour kickoff with me on January 9th. We are going to start the year with energy, with a plan, with excitement, and I know it's going to help you start strong and keep going. I've actually never done a live kickoff session for the course, but it's something I've heard from women that they would love, and I think it's going to be awesome. And don't worry if you have plans right on the night. It will be recorded and sent to you whether you attend or not attend so that you can review the kickoff content and get excited about your investment and about the journey you're on. But if you can make it, it's going to be amazing. So if you like this podcast, if you like my approach, if you want to take a break from drinking and see how you feel, if you want to get into this work more deeply, check out the Sobriety Starter Kit there literally is not a better time to jump in than with this special offer. You get $100 off the January price of the course, plus the invitation to join me for the exclusive two-hour live kickoff of the course in January. If you're planning on doing dry January with a group of girlfriends or your best friend, you can do this together. If January 1st is going to be your time to finally prioritize yourself and take better care of your body and your mind with a positive approach, the Sobriety Starter Kit will help. Or you can start today. The minute you sign up, you get access to the full course and the full content, the framework, the tools, the resources. I'd love to see you in the course. You deserve it. And I know you can do this. So to find out all the details and get the special offer, go to www dot sobriety starter kit.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit hello someday coaching.com. And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.